Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello there, and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We're, we have been on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back and listen to all the episodes and see how many <laughs> start with those exact words. <laughs> but we have just finished a whirlwind. I'd say, Linda, a whirlwind. Yes. Two baptisms. We're at, we're at a place called Bear Lake. Some of you know it well. Border of Utah and Idaho. Two baptisms in the lake. A wedding to end all weddings. For about 200. 200 guests on our grassy lawn, which is now very flat. It's a very flat lawn now. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dancing. And then, that was just the run-up to the reunion. 54 of us for a week, basically, just now wrapping up. And a little calmer today because all of our sons and some of the sons-in-law have taken a passel of kids up into the wilderness of Oregon. They're not too far from the fires, which worries us a little bit. They're doing some serious camping. It's become kind of a tradition. I used to go. (laughs) I keep saying I'll go with them again, but sleeping on the ground, honey, for me right now is like my my worst nightmare. Well, you would have a mat. (laughs) You would have a mat. But that started because you need to know. How many years ago, we bought some property up in Oregon on a fluke through a relative and so on. And uh, Beautiful property in an old growth forest with trees, some of them six feet in diameter. Right. And we went up the first year when our Eli was one. Remember that? He turned one up there. And he just turned 38. So we know it was 37 years ago. Wow. So a long time ago. And then we went another year. We went up and built a log cabin. We're a little bit crazy. Two summers it took us. Two summers. The second summer he was two. Cut down trees. We were trying to replicate my great-great-grandfather's cabin, which if any of you want to see, go to the amusement park Lagoon and in Pioneer Village there's a cabin that belonged to Erastus Bingham, my great-great-grandfather. And we got it in our minds. We wanted to try to duplicate that cabin. Why did we? I guess it was because we wanted our kids to appreciate pioneers and hard work. The work of building a log cabin is almost unbelievable. I nearly killed myself. You nearly killed yourself. Right. We had, um, we were how many miles away? A hundred miles away from civilization. A hundred miles away from uh, from the nearest shower. <laughs> but we did have some PVC pipe. We made a little hole and, and uh, for a refrigerator and we got a spring that was really close. Oh, it filled up a hole with ice-cold crystal water from a spring. Yeah, and we had a tree shower, a bag that warmed up in the day. And a little latrine that we made ourselves. Yeah, which they And a teepee. We started out in a teepee. Started out in a big teepee and some tents. Till we got the cabin far enough up to to move into. I mean, actually, we didn't really move everybody in there. I mean, it was, what were the dimensions? 16 16 by... 16 by 16 square cabin and that's the exact size of the cabin that this 
being a Manchester, raised uh, eight children, and, and so it had a loft, and all the kids yeah, slept up in the, in the loft. The girls made the ladder up to the loft. They got really exasperated after a while with the boys doing all the fun work, and they were doing the grunt work, and so they they were determined to build the ladder, which they did. We had a couple <laughs> of teenagers, uh, teenage girls, and they built the ladder, and uh, we had Dutch ovens. And then we, the second year, we bought we an got old a uh, cast iron stove. An old wood-burning stove. Oh, my gosh. Linda cooked the oven. Oh, or we you had, cooked biscuits. We had so much fun with that. We realized how pioneers did this. And may I mention that my ancestors also lived in a cabin, probably smaller over probably the lake smaller, over in yeah. Bloomington. Um, for, with some, a lot of kids. And it really was fun, though. The kids... <laughs> We made bacon powder biscuits. We made cookies. And we're, I remember, Linda, that, uh, <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, I have really choice memories of that old wrought iron, wood-burning kitchen stove. Yeah, but we knew once we got that thing hot and ready to go for biscuits and cookies and cakes, we had to do everything right then and keep feeding the fire to make it the same temperature. It was so fun. We actually had a great time. That was a that was a deal of really working together for the for the summer. I'll tell you. Um, I just read a thing this morning, honey, about uh, working in the summer. Um, we have this wonderful friend named Brad Wilcox who um, puts out a, a newsletter every week called Family Studies and and Marriage Studies and so on. And uh, his thing today is really interesting. This is a little diversion. We'll get back to the relationships we want to talk about. But summer is upon us. As a kind of new beginning, every season offers a natural occasion to be more intentional about life. Yet a season is not a generic restart. Rather, each constitutes a concrete call, if we can give ear to the natural world and so on. But then he he gets to the thing that families have now taken summer to be a time of a, a long vacation for their kids and a grand sort of relaxing time and so on. And he says that summer traditionally was a time to work. It was a time when kids worked on the crops and worked on the farm and worked hard and struggled to find things that were hard to do that built their character and he says now families struggle to find what to do with children in the summer. They, they look for summer camps. They look for all kinds of things. And he says, what about some work? What about having kids work during the summer? There we go. And when I do grammy camps, part of the... Um, oh, and we forgot to mention that I we had such a fun time with little groups of children, grandchildren in grammy camps. But... One of the things that we always do in Grammy Camp, and we haven't lately because we've got somebody who sprays the weeds <laughs> for us, but oh, we, we used, used to have them pull weeds. Always part of it was going out and pulling weeds, and we I used to give them a can of <laughs> weed. You just keep counting. Sometimes for the six-year-olds, it's a little bit hard to keep track of them. With a big weed, numbers. the same as a little weed? No, sometimes we have five-cent weeds. Oh, you know? those huge ones. And anyway, it, it was just fun to, to see them really work and really counting and then I would pay them at the end, and then we would all get in the car and go to the dollar store and spend the money that they earned. Well, and thinking back further to when our, our kids were small, we, one of the things we needed to do is line 
this tennis court that we'd built with rocks from the beach. And the beach was about a block and a half away, and, and so we we were paying these little kids, um, how much was it? it was like a 10 cents a rock, I think. And the rock had to be roughly the size of your head, <laughs> their head. And they would go down and get these rocks and bring them up, and they started getting innovative. They'd one of them got an old blanket and put the rocks on it and dragged it up. He could do it faster than lifting them. And yeah, I think you made the rule that they couldn't use wheels. They couldn't that use wheels. Crazy. That was kind of cool. You can't use wheels. Just to make it as hard as possible, I think. <laughs> We're going to be cavemen now. No fire, no wheels. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, you know, Summer really can be a time to learn to work, and, and we got, we're on a little tangent now. We're going to get to the theme of the show in a minute, but the idea of work came to its apex those two summers we spent building this log cabin up in the, in the Umatilla Forest, the Blue Mountains of Oregon. And uh, I'll tell you one thing, I lost 20 pounds. I would drink a gallon of water every day, and lifting these logs and skinning these logs and putting this cabin together is, was the hardest physical work we've ever done. And the kids learned what that's like to oh, feels, have little yeah. injuries every day and sore muscles every day and fall into bed exhausted. And it was a true pioneer experience. Yeah, it was really interesting. But going on. What we really, and actually what what happened was that we were rethinking our lives. We were kind of in a rut and we decided summer is the time to rethink a lot of things. And so and actually, that came to fruition this year. It did. This reunion. Um, we have a son who is uh, has a master's degree in positive psychology from UPenn and he, he and was his the wife of the reunion. directed the reunion and the whole theme was think again. Re, yeah. Think, or, think again. Or in what we're going to talk about today, rethinking and coming up with better ways to have better relationships because that's what it's all about. That, that's, that's what we want to make the theme of this show today, the R's of family summers. The, because summer is a time, whether we like it or not, when we're around our family more than usual, not just our kids or our immediate family, but our our extended family, right? Our aunts, our uncles, our cousins, uh, our in-laws. And some of us, let's be honest, don't really look forward to those kind of get-togethers. Uh, it really is um, interesting that with, with all this happened this past year with COVID, with the political world, uh, with the masks and all that, there, there have been some pretty... Um, scary relationships that have developed yeah. because of strong opinions about what should happen or the way it should be. But I think that happens all the time. I think a lot of people, and, and it's true of us too, you have a family reunion or you get together with people you haven't seen in your extended family and you get done with it and you're like, ah, that wasn't that pleasant. I mean, I remember an argument I had with her and we're just not back on good terms or I've never really related to that person, my cousin or whatever. And, or, or we say, I, you know, I'd really much rather be with my friends than with my relatives. <laughs> I chose my friends, but I didn't choose my relatives. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, there's, as your family grows, it's inevitable that there's got to be some rifts um, like that. But I think it is really 
uh, important, important no matter what, to get together. And maybe there are some people that wouldn't come to a reunion because of those bad feelings. But So what you're really saying, Linda, that the, the old adage, right, blood is thicker than water. Is that true? Is it true that we ought to, over time, focus more effort and more attention on family, even extended family, than we do on our associates or our colleagues or our right. our friends? What do you think? I, I think we often do, but... It, but should we? I mean, are those relationships ultimately more important than, you know, the, the blood relationships or the in-law relationships? Are they more important than the, the friends or the... The non-family. I think they relationship. are. I think they are, and I think it, most of the listeners would agree that they are important. But sometimes it's just so hard to do. But we are. What we're really going to focus on, especially in the second half of the show, is the the R's of family summers. So, think, think about the R's of family summers: relationships, reunions, renewal, revamping, resetting, repenting, reviewing. Rethinking. Yeah. Rethinking. Is it is it a time I have a friend that thinks of it this way, he says, I I like to think what are my relationships with my family like at the beginning of the summer and what are they like at the end of the summer? Can I use the summer? Not that it's the only thing I do or that I'm focused on it all the time, but can by the end of the summer I feel better about my relationships with family members? That's a pretty healthy way to, to think. Yeah. It is, and I, I we have, um, as many of you know, uh, four daughters and four daughters-in-law. I have, right. and this morning we are meeting as soon as we finish this show about a retreat that we can go on together in September and renew our our connections. And we love talking with each other. Everybody is different. But everybody really does bond. I, this is a group that is really special, and so I'm looking forward to that. So let's take a little break, and then we'll really dive into it in the second half of the podcast today. What are the R's of family summers? How do we use, we're into July now, how do we use the rest of the summer to improve our family relationships? Hang around, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking about relationships with our families today. And we're going to really dig into the R's of family summers. And there's a lot of them. So start with the big one, the big word, relationships. And, and let's agree that... They are ultimately what matters. And what you said at the end of the first half, Linda, that blood is thicker than water really is true. Your friends are going to come and go, not that they're not important, colleagues, associates, and so on. But you're always going to be a cousin to aunt to, to, to so-and-so and an aunt to so-and-so. And a, these things are going to persist. And, of course, your own children. And... I like that, you know, I always like the, to go back to the, the, the Socratic phrase, the unexamined life is not worth living, and the unexamined relationship probably doesn't improve. So, again, this son of ours, uh, Talmadge and his wife Anita, they're in charge of the reunion, and their theme that we've just finished now this week 
a relation, a reunion on Think Again, rethinking relationships. Uh, I, I want to just be personal and then share what I've been trying to do. I haven't done it very well, but go up to each person in the family at some point where there's a minute where I'm, you know, you're, you can sit by them at a dinner, you can take a little walk up back from the, the cabin with them and, or her and put my arm around their shoulder and get some eye contact, look at them and just say, how are you doing? How are you doing? How, really, how are you doing? I know. And just listen, listen. When there are so many family members, uh, as in our case, it's a little difficult. And uh, now, you know, as we've mentioned, several have gone. In fact, three dads packed in 15 kids <laughs> in a giant van and went uh, and left. So now we just have this little core of yeah, women yeah. and children. They went children. to Oregon where we built that cabin. Right. And so it really is interesting because now we have some time to talk next. This is the theme of our thinking about this fairly new. And um, they had things um, put on the wall, an outside wall, all of these ideas of how you can think again. And let me, before you read some of those, let me just say that the idea is that anytime you rethink something, Again, in a relationship, you rethink it. You should look not only for the um, the good things in a relationship, but look for the problem things. And we got pretty brutal in some of our adult discussions. I mean, we were trying to re-examine. Even we had raised our children, and they were giving us honest feedback. They were saying things like, "Is there a shadow side?" That was, we did one session called Shadow Boxing that Talmadge led us in. And it was like, even the things you think you did well as a family, we were going to effusive praise because we knew kids respond and learn and do better when they're in a favorable atmosphere of praise. But did we overdo it? I mean, this, I'm just giving you that as one example. We examined many different things. And, and yeah, I mean, Talmadge himself said, you know, Dad, you used to praise me so much on certain things, and I had to leave home and get out in the world to realize I really wasn't good at some of the things you said I was good at. And, and I became sort of an addict. I needed praise. So when I got married, and my wife came from a culture that didn't do that much praising, I felt like I needed to, I, I had withdrawal symptoms. I didn't get that constant praise. I might have been an addict to praise. Well, I thought it was totally fascinating because there, two, two or three of our children do. I mean, positive affirmations are their, That's their love little, language. Yeah, yeah. And they need this positive affirmation, but they've married uh, spouses who didn't get that, didn't think it was important, and in some cases were not willing to... Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to give the praise that was needed. And it was so fascinating to really just talk about it. Um, I think it was a very unusual, unusual experience. Another one was, you know, we, we oriented so much of their upbringing to setting goals and so on. And they all thought that was positive generally, but, but rethink it, you know, think again. Was there a shadow side to that? 
And one of them thought, yeah, we became so goal-oriented that maybe we lost a little spontaneity or we put a little too much pressure on ourselves. So we weren't trying to criticize each other, but we were trying to rethink how did we do things. And it all sort of led up to the idea, let's rethink all of our relationships. Let's see how we, which person in the family, which, which sibling do you feel the least close to? How can you improve that? Well, we live too far away. Well, can you do more texting? Can you do more face more Marco Polo? How do we how do we replenish these relationships? And I'm just thinking summer that's a great way to view summer, a time to replenish another yeah. R word, our relationships. And it, it that was is a scary thing in some cases because you don't want to create more rifts and it could have it, it, I, the balance was really good but it did make us all think again. but that's interesting what you're saying is maybe you, with some relationships you're like oh I just want to leave well enough alone right right exactly <laughs> if I try to improve it we'll just get too close together and then we'll f- realize all the differences we have or well whatever. and it meant something different to everybody that was there because right. they were at a different stage in their life but the main thing that um, the talked about and, and one of the things up on the wall was to think like a scientist in other words to test things to figure out is there a better way to do this how how we can make this work instead of being a preacher and we might have been accused of being a little bit preachy not me, but, I mean, no offense or anything but um, we, we might have been accused not me but <laughs> And or a prosecutor, you know, when you've done something wrong, are you are you, are you a prosecutor, or a politician, especially of this last year, um, trying to convince people that you're right, or a no preacher, matter what? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, and yeah, so yeah. All those things. So the best thing is to try to be a scientist, to just try and figure out what works. What, you put two things together, and what's the result, and what works. I really like that a lot. And and part of it we decided is is. Being open and overt about what the goal is. I mean, to say to someone, hey, my my relation, let's say you're talking to a cousin or an uncle or, or a niece or a nephew or something, and just to look them in the eye and say, you know, my relationship with you, our relationship with each other is really important to me. It really is. I, I, I'm sorry we don't spend more time together, but I'm I want to know how you're doing? How are you doing? And and it's not just hey, how you doing? It's it's look me in the eye, tell me how are you doing? You know, and and feeling someone to feel hey, this person cares about me, and we're not the same person, and we may not see eye to eye on some things. I mean, the danger is Paul into him religion, and why aren't you going to church or? You, you don't want to get away from these judgments and these differences and say, you know, whatever we're different on, and our, that, that's what's splitting so many families apart right now, Linda. We, yeah. We've run into people you would not believe. They, they don't talk to each other because one of them is a Trump supporter and thinks Trump really won the election and won't turn loose of it. And the other one thinks he's crazy for thinking that, and they've right. decided not to talk anymore. Or someone's an anti-vaxxer, and, I, and someone's like, I can't believe that you think that. And they, and 
instead of listening to each other, they're just turning off and saying, I'm writing you off in I my relationship. Like yeah. yeah. And interestingly, today we're going to have a gathering that um, will be an interesting way to rejuvenate some of those relationships because there's been some strain with one of our family members, not, not our children, but um, one of Richard's siblings. And so uh, it's going to be an interesting thing yeah. to We're actually to get try these to, two families together to uh, re- review some things and then just to express love and appreciation and really find out how they're doing and how they're feeling about it because there are a lot of things that you know. We don't know, and a lot of well, things they don't a, know. And that's a good point, Linda. I'm, we're not suggesting that you have this clinical reevaluation of all your relationships. I mean, that's what we did in our immediate family. That's our children. That's, right, right. But, but now the ones we're meeting with today are cousins, and um, we're not going to, like, go through this, this exercise of rethinking and think again and reevaluating. I mean, it's not that... But we're just doing it to, to, to basically collectively say we're important to each other. Right. We love each other. Thanks for coming. Some of you drove three or four hours to be here. This is great. We love you. And let's just talk. Let's just find out how each other's doing. How can we help? And I, if we do, if it goes like I hope it will today, honey, we'll, we'll leave just feeling like we're more connected. It's a, it, right. It's a, isn't that the key word? Connection. Exactly. And sometimes it just takes a little time together. And even if we don't talk about the rifts that have happened or so on, if we just express appreciation for what they are doing, what who they are and so on. And find out what they're doing. And find out. What they're thinking. Yeah. I what, think... It would be really, it'll be really interesting. What their lives are like right now. And I, I, we don't honestly know. Do you think we're going to be formal about that today? Are we going to go around uh, the table while we're having lunch and have everyone sort of update us? Or is it just going to materialize and flow as we talk one to another? Have we to don't see. know. I don't know. We don't know. Let's plan this right now. What should right. we do? <laughs> um, I do think, though, that it is so good to think again about relationships that um, maybe that are fine, that are great to make them better, to, but to renew some things, um, to repent, say you're sorry about some things that have happened in the past, and then in, maybe in your own mind just to revamp how you're going to... Um, experience this person I mean how you're going to yeah. think about them and um, I think a reset is so good anytime and but I th- especially in the summers I guess what we're saying and we're not trying to advocate any certain formula here but I guess what we're saying we think you know some of you are listening saying I wonder if we should have a reunion this year they didn't they don't, they don't usually go so well sometimes they they're exhausting and sometimes they just open up old wounds I guess what we're saying is you ought to you ought to probably keep trying we ought to all work on these relationships and yeah there it's never oh that was great I'm glad we did that everything went perfectly well sometimes sometimes there's breakthroughs but a lot of times it's more like well that was a mixed bag you know but at least you're the connection's still there that's I think that's what we're saying use the summer's not that there aren't other times you may get together at Christmas and so on, but use the summertime to try to stay connected, reconnect, 
get connected again. And think again. Think again about um, your relationships with people, especially those that you have difficult relationships with. So we're nearly out of time, but, but just, you know, the R's of family summers. Reconnect, relationships, reunions, renewal, review, reset, revamp, rethink, maybe repent. (laughs) Maybe that's the bottom line. Maybe we should end with that. If you have a a bad relationship with someone that's always going to be related to you, maybe the the first step is to say you're sorry for some things and and not expect it to be reciprocated. Maybe just say you're sorry and see if you can move on. Exactly. We wish you the very best. We are fellow strugglers. We'll do the same. Thanks for listening today. We appreciate your time and your thoughts. And we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. Bye.